You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. What's up, Live Different Podcast listeners? I am here to tell you a little bit about something new we have launched via Under 30 Experiences, our new line of custom experiences open to any age, bringing together communities around the world. Literally, if you are a blogger, a fitness coach, a yoga teacher, or someone who has a community that you want to bring together to go on an amazing trip somewhere across the world, you should bring them down to Costa Rica. You should bring them down to Tulum, Mexico. We will organize your trip to Bali. We will go out there with Iceland with you and up to 20 of your closest friends, followers, community members, open to all ages, custom-experiences.com. That's what's new with me and the whole Under 30 Experiences crew. If you haven't seen it, check that out, as well as our new trip to Thailand. You guys are going to love 10 days from Bangkok up to Chiang Mai in the Highlands and down to the glorious islands of Thailand and Southeast Asia. Check us out, under 30 Experiences. And now, back to your regular scheduled programming. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Live Different Podcast. I am your host, Matt Wilson, and today we are here with John Hall. He is the author of the new book, Top of Mind, Use Content to Unleash Your Influence and Engage Those Who Matter to You, published this very 2017. I asked John before if there was anything in particular that he wanted to talk about, and he said, just his love for Matt Wilson. And uh, <laughs> I'm just so excited now to have you on, John. What's what's happening? Uh, it's That's true. That's actually true. Right before here, I did say I just wanted to talk my love for you, man. But yeah, it's been, man, it's been a year since we've known each other, and you were actually one of the first publications we ever dealt with as a um, a startup and you were always so helpful. So I'm always going to be loyal to you. And, and so anytime you need me to do something, I'm there. <laughs> no, that, that of course. And I, and I could have given you a, uh, introduction other than just the title of your book, which is, uh, probably, I guess a shallow way to introduce someone because this, <laughs> this came out, I guess a couple months ago. And now, uh, of course that's, that's uh, I'm I'm sure that's how people bring you up when they introduce you. But you're also the CEO of a company called Influence and Co. Uh, we've worked together, and you've helped me get a lot of good online content out there to the people into the hands of people who want to to read it. Uh, John, actually, could you tell people a little bit more about what you do uh, professionally? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously the, the most recent stuff is, is as an author for top of mind. And, um, that book was kind of sparked by the industry that I'm in. And, it, and to kind of give you a, a quick summary is that, uh, we help influence and co helps companies create and distribute content that can engage the audience that matters most to them at the right times so that it creates business opportunities for those companies. And so, um, from the standpoint, top of mind, um, I started learning over time how, um, you could do that with content in different ways, just by consistently getting in front of, uh, the right audience and the right content. And, um, and I, I became somewhat obsessed with that. 
um, because content's one of the best ways to scale that mindset. However, the book is is not just about content. And, uh, there's there's a big chunk, obviously, but it's also about my personal kind of, uh, kind of experiences with how you're engaging, helping others, um, you know, communicating to in one-on-one conversation as well, or in a group of how you're um, you know presenting yourself as uh, as a leader or um, just as someone who's helpful to another person. And there's different things you can do to earn trust to uh, engage specific audiences. So, you know, I've got my professional side with Influence & Co. and that service, but then I also have my personal side of speaking and, and uh, author. That's that's awesome, John. And we can get into the details uh, of that kind of stuff. If you can hear in the background, uh, I'm in Costa Rica and it is starting to pour. We are here in the rainy season and it was a beautiful day. I caught lunch at the, bur- at the beach. I bought a burrito and Brought it down to the beach, and now it is just pouring. That was just a couple hours ago. So if you hear background noise, it's always an adventure here. Sometimes on the podcast, we get iguanas fighting on the roof. I literally <laughs> woke up to monkeys this morning at about uh, 5.45 in the morning. I'm, I could, I, even in my dreams, I could identify what monkeys they were by, <laughs> by the noises that we we're making. So if you hear... You hear a little background noise. It's nothing but a monsoon going on in the background. Uh, John, two of the things you didn't mention was 2016 Ernst and Young Entrepreneur of the Year, uh, America's Most Promising Companies list. I believe that one was in Forbes and uh, Inc. Big. You you guys were high on this Inc. Uh, I think Inc. 5000 list. So you guys are making moves over there. I'm I'm really excited to see your company grow. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to do our best. Um, really, it's it's a great team, and um, and and I think we just we fulfill a niche that is needed. Um, and and so I like people ask, you know, what obviously you know you have a, a great team and that contributes, but what would you contribute to? And I think it's just it's following value. And uh, our service has changed over time. I mean, if you talk to someone who was, or we we actually just had a client come here that was a client of ours four years ago and he was just saying wow it's just such a dramatic change of you know like I thought I was getting to good service four years ago but you know as you you listen when I mean I I think one of the most important things you listen to clients you figure out okay what truly is valuable here Um, and for us like we started out with bylines op-eds specifically only doing things uh, on the editorial side and what we realized is that the best way to earn trust is not just in that facet it's 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 a great way to educate an audience um, from your leadership but we what we learned is that over time you can do different things you can do um, uh, infographics you can do podcasts you can get influencers to talk about you there's a lot of ways to um, educate a specific audience and so we've been able to uh, grow a lot just by listening to the clients and testing things out and uh, now we're we're a lot more evolved than we were four or five years ago. That's really cool. And uh, again, I've loved seeing you guys grow. Uh, just to zoom out for for the listener, uh, if they don't have a big background in content marketing, like you said, it doesn't matter if you're a business owner listening to this or you're just trying to get your name out there. Whether you're a, you could be a personal trainer or a yoga teacher. I know that's a big demographic of people who are who listen into the podcast or you're just trying to make a name for yourself in whatever industry that you are in just as a, a personal brand. We're talking about creating online content, developing a strategy around that. And, and like John said, that could be anything from your YouTube channel to your podcast to your 
your Instagram and just what you're putting up there on your, your social media, uh, but what John has specifically uh, honed in on, at least in the first several years of your business, we're getting uh, articles published for people in big publications. Uh, I know that when we worked together, you, were, you guys were able to, to help me pick up, uh, to get published, published for example, uh, in Forbes as an author. That was one of the things that we did uh, a few years ago. And so this is, you have these relationships with the editorial teams at all these major publications, but now content strategy has expanded uh, as you're explaining where it can be anything. And that's the, that's the beauty of it where you don't just have to pick up that, uh, oh, I, I wrote an article for the Washington Post, right? You can you'd be creating content on any platform, and I assume you guys have started to break in more into, into these different segments and come, help people come up with a more uh, all-inclusive, for a back, uh, lack of a better term, uh, strategy. Is that right, John? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's uh, you know, you mentioned getting published in, um, you know, we helped you get published in Forge, which is, I mean, is great. And and you're for your uh, kind of at the time for for you, it it made sense. And um, what we've learned over time is that uh, there's just there's a lot of um, audiences out there that want content. There's a Forbes audience. There's um, uh, an entrepreneur. There's an Inc. There's a fast company audience. There's all these different audiences. And the goal that we at least try Try to, to do is look at and say, okay, what is the best way to engage this audience from the right people? And um, you're a perfect example of somebody who is, you know, you have these really cool, unique experiences and this, these backgrounds from doing some of the entrepreneurial things you've done, and also you know, the people you surround yourself with. So you have different experiences. And I mean, what we try to do is harvest that and get that in front of the right people. It's it's not rocket science. The the only situation. Uh, that made us super, I guess, um, I, well, I would say more successful than others is that um, we specialize uh, doing it the right way by doing it um, for uh, with content that was actually very engaging from an audience to a specific audience. And it wasn't all about how amazing like Matt Wilson was. Um, you actually care about the audience that you speak to. And that's what makes good clients for us. I mean, so for us, it's like we found the best clients aren't necessarily who has the biggest pocketbooks, but it's actually the people who truly care about engaging audiences and getting them the right information consistently over time. Because if, they, if they're committed to that, you know, mediums are going to change. Different ways and different tactics are going to change. But if we have those clients that truly do care about the education and um, getting the right information to clients, and they they believe that's the way to sell, grow, or to you know make sales, to uh, form better relationships that bring business opportunity, we can do a lot with them. No, I, I completely agree. And uh, yeah, for for credibility, it's great. Uh, to be in Forbes or a Fortune or, or whatever audience it is, but a lot of times that's a broad, that's a, a very broad reach, and you don't see the impact that you do when you're able to write for a, a niche publication or for a niche blog or or go and find your own audience. Uh, we just had some guys, actually, they've they've both been on the the podcast, Brandon Epstein and and Dan Whitmer, and they have. A community called Zen Dude Fitness, and these guys we just did a retreat down in Costa Rica. They're going to do another one with us in Bali, but they are they're jump ropers, and they are just 
really cool guys who teach people how to jump rope, live a more uh, healthy lifestyle, and they're seeing results because they really care about people. And sure, it would be great to have them uh, in you know some big fancy publication, but they just went at it their own way and they said, we're going to create YouTube videos for a niche demographic and but just do it really well and really care about our community and, and our audience. And they've done it really well. And you know, in in a year, a year and a half, they uh, they built their audience to a hundred thousand subscribers on on YouTube, and uh, yeah, that's just I just wanted to give that little example to uh, to show people that you know it's it's not all about the big fancy uh, the big fancy names, and I, I appreciated how you said it's about uh, it's about really caring about your audience, which is I guess it's an old school. <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk principle that he started harping on probably in about 2008, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of people. I mean, Gary and uh, is one of those people, but uh, it's, yeah, you have to offer value for uh, for an audience. And what your example there was, I mean, the, the YouTube, uh, there's a lot of people that have been very successful on YouTube just by offering something unique that wasn't being offered, and it, and it was... Uh, really amusing and to the right specific audience. And so, um, you know, some people do that and just build their own, you know, based and they have the freedom of doing that. Uh, a lot of the people we deal with are people that already have a business or company that that is like, this is our audience. We need to figure out what's the most engaging content to them, for them. So it's just a little, it's slightly different because when you're starting um, a lot of times from scratch and saying, okay, I'm going to build some influence here, you have a lot more freedom because you can choose your audience, you can choose the topic, you can choose a lot of different things. When you're running a company and you're like, hey, we need to be more effective in content marketing and PR, um, we need to, uh, you know, you, you're, you need to focus on that audience. And so um, looking at, okay, what medium makes sense? Uh, what, uh, how are we going to use this content? Uh, that's something where, you know, when you, when you talk about how you're effectively using con- um, content and content marketing, it all just depends on the goals and, and what you're trying to accomplish. Because, you know, for, for me, there's different levels. Like we, we said big publications. Well, big publications, sometimes you can get in and it doesn't reach anybody that you actually want to target. I mean, if you're a yarn selling company and, you know, you're basically you're targeting people that like to uh, use yarn um, and you get them in the financial uh, industry publication in Forbes, is that, you know, probably the best fit? No. Um, but if you but you could get a publication, let's say you do get it in a publication like a Forbes or, or one of the, the bigger publications, um, they just come to mind because I write for them. But um, if you use that content. And you you might have some people you might say, okay, you know what? I wrote an article about the yarn industry in Forbes. However, I'm going to use it in one of my email newsletters, or I'm going to send it out to the people that are you know interested in yarn here. And everybody might be familiar with the Forbes brand and be like, oh, cool, yeah, I'm familiar with Forbes. But then the content really resonates with them, and they're like, wow, this is really good. It's about the yarn industry. I've been you know interested in where it's going. And so uh, that's they weren't just using that for the initial output. They were using it to also engage their audience. Um, from a, a, st- a standpoint of, okay, well, it's not the initial distribution, it's how we're leveraging that. And I think that's what's important about when you are building an audience is that how are you using the content and leveraging it to in- consistently engage people and then reach new people? No, I, I think that's, uh, yeah, that that obviously makes, makes a lot of sense. So could you walk us through, uh, obviously you walked us through the yarn example, but if somebody's sitting 
out there listening to this and they work for any type of organization and it could be, yeah, it could, it could be absolutely anything. They sure they could want to engage with their own brand, uh, of course, but maybe they work for a company who, who needs a content marketing strategy. What are the questions that they, they start to need to ask themselves when they're going to go about uh, creating engaging content and also hitting people where they are. What are those questions that, that you might ask people in a consultation? Well, one, how are you going to use it? So, um, are you, like, how are you going to distribute? Are you going to give this in an email or are you going to get it published somewhere first and then you share the link? Are you going to share it on social? Are you going to like, where's your audience? Like, how are they going to react? Um, are you going to put it on your site? Are you going to, there's a variety of things that, you know, you, you got to think about for distribution, distribution and how you're going to actually get it in front of people. Now, granted, you can hire a firm like ours that can get in places where these people are at already. However, it shouldn't stop you from asking those questions. So I think there's distribution questions. I think there's also the overall goal questions. Like, what do you want to see as a result? Like, what are you trying to accomplish? Every time you create a piece of content, you shouldn't just create it to throw it up on your blog. It should be, I'm using it for this reason and to accomplish this goal. So I'm using it to get new clients. I'm using it to attract talent. I'm using it to help with um, members that I want to go on a, you know, a trip to whatever, Zimbabwe or someplace cool. You know, I want them to go here. So I'm going to get them a, a couple series of, of content around that region and different things that are going on there that's going to be valuable. And there's a variety of things that you've got to think about because, you know, if you're trying to get people to go somewhere, it's good to educate them on the the cool things and interesting things that can happen and educate them. So like that could be, you know, the, uh, a part of the questions. Another question um, that I would say is how can we be efficient with your you know, time? So how can you create this content, but also not spend your day creating content because of the fact, I mean, most people, it's not their number one thing. Some people just make money on content. Um, I tend to deal with mostly people who have companies that um, are uh, that, and they're using content to fuel sales or marketing or or uh, recruiting efforts there, and so it's it's asking is that like how do we extract the right knowledge from you um, so that we can ultimately save you time but then create content that's engaging. So those are just some initial things that we we would ask or I would want to ask and nail down uh, an actual plan on each one of those. Because then you are focused on, okay, one of the biggest barriers is creating the content. And then also um, you're, you're focused on the goal of what you're doing and how you're going to uh, get to that result. That, that's really cool, John. I, I wanted to ask you about two things that you said, time and efficiency. So if you are a busy person and uh, you may be in a position to hire a firm like yourself, of course, or you might not be, do you have any tips or best practices for pe how people can start creating content uh, who know that it's important part of their strategy and they've been, it's been on their list of things to do, but they just can't seem to ship anything out the door. Do you have any, any tips on that? Uh, it's simple is that you, you have to commit. Um, it, and it, it's also, it's like, are you wanting to be a company that makes money? I, like there's a variety of people that are like, Hey, as long as I stay above water a little bit, um, and I have like a, you know, this, this business that I'm running, that's fine. Um, I, you know, I make it, you know, what I can live off of, 
uh, that's great. Like I'm a firm, like I, I love small business owners cause some people don't need the world. Um, but for a lot of the people we deal with, if they're looking at growth and expansion and they're wanting to, um, create, uh, industry leadership and credibility. And so for us, you, you've got to commit to that. And I'm a firm believer. I'm biased obviously cause I'm in the industry, but no matter what company I start in the future, I can promise you this, at least a, a certain amount of money. Like I, like I honestly can tell you that I have always budget aside at least $5,000 a month to position myself, the company, people around me uh, as industry leaders by through education. I don't care. We, I could leave Influence Co. tomorrow. We could start a startup. I would immediately start putting money towards that because I truly believe that if you want to lead or be recognized in the industry, you have to be dedicated to creating content and engaging the people around you so that they look at you as somebody they can trust that has good information that will help them get the right information to succeed. And so, um, you know, for me, it's it's saying, um, you know, quit whatever barriers you're creating, um, stop it. Uh, I'm a terrible, I don't want to say terrible writer. I'm not a good writer. Um, I'm not, um, you know, somebody who, who loves reading a bunch either. It's crazy as it is. I'm a verbal communicator. Um, but I think that it's extremely important for people around me and the people that I engage with that, that I can share that expertise and that the company can too. It's not just about me. It's about, um, my leadership, my, the other, even like mid-level managers, we help with their brands and we help, you know, get content that they can have and support their efforts. And so, uh, for me, it's just no excuses, put the things in play, um, commit to it and, um, you know, don't ease up. You know, a lot of times people go, okay, I'll try it for a little bit. Well, if you're going to do this, like you can't really, you might get lucky. Some people, like, you're talking about luck. Like I, I'm a big fan of Gary, uh, really, uh, I run into, run into him occasionally. And, um, he, uh, but he also had a, a form of luck that happened. Like he works hard. He's a great dude, but he also got into Twitter at just the right moment at the right time. And it was really focused on the, the audience. And that was a very great timing issue, uh, too. Um, that, that was great for him and he's been able to engage his audience ever since. And so with, um, you know, other people though, I would say don't count on like you being the first person into like a Twitter. That's very hard. And, um, you know, and, and that was great that he, he did that and, and catapulted him into other things. But, um, for, for you just be uh, very focused on how I can do this consistently so that when there is that opportunity, for a Twitter, like for like, I'll give you another example that I think is is better is that um, the LinkedIn influencer program was something that was an incredible opportunity for most people who were first in it. And Dave Kirpin, who's a friend of mine, was getting very consistent content out there in different ways. Uh, he started out on like his own blog, very small, then worked his way up. He ended up being an ink columnist after several years. Um, and when it was time to be a, for the LinkedIn influencer group, he was one of the people picked um, because they liked his content that he was putting out on Inc. And he had a relationship there and ended up, um, you know, he had 700, 800,000 followers on LinkedIn and has created so much opportunity. And this was a guy who's like this, I mean, I believe he's from Boston and he's like a down to earth dude that just started creating, you know, content. And it's, it's built up a brand that's, that's catapulted his uh, companies. Um, just by being consistent over the years. That's that's cool to hear. Uh, yeah, that's that's cool to hear because I know he got in at the same time as like 
Richard Branson uh, started to be a LinkedIn influencer, and I mean, he obviously did. some. So I re, I remember Richard Branson's name. I can't remember who else that was a LinkedIn influencer. I was influencer like Barack Obama, R- Richard Branson. Um, I mean, people like Gary and and like that's where when you like I said when you look at Dave, Dave was someone who was a small business owner that um, you know d- just did it over time, and that's where it's like five years ago or six years ago, I wasn't. You know, speaking at places, I wasn't getting inbound opportunities of saying, "Hey, we want to deal with your company." I mean, I was begging people to deal with me, and so um, that's why it's just important to put a plan together. And when you, you know, ask that question, where do, you know, what, if people aren't doing anything and they just have this barrier, I just say, "Guys, you have to invest in your company and yourself if you truly want to lead." And so, uh, being having a brand, it's just shifted. Like in the past, you pay for a bunch of advertisements. And you know, hope that things stick or you get a cool campaign going. Um, where we're seeing is that uh, some advertising's a little less effective because people don't want to be advertised to all the time and sold to. So then it leads to this kind of side of education and getting them good information, getting talked about in ways that are very natural that positions you as that um, expert. And so it's got to start somewhere. And um, you know, it starts with kind of those baby steps of, you know, let's, let's set some mini goals here. Let's, uh, do this, let's do this many articles or let's uh, have a goal of speaking at this, you know, event or one event each year or whatever it is, or doing very specific kind of things like that where, um, you know, you you just kind of, uh, as you do more, it creates more opportunity. I mean, for us, when we set up a client, we look and the first thing we do is a, a plan of saying, Hey, here's, we're going Here's how we're going to get there. Here's the different sites we're going to get published in. Here's the type of people that we want to talk about you. Here's how we're, you know, we can grow your social presence. Like there's a variety of things that we look at there now and plan it out. And it's as long as someone's committed to it, it like I said, it's not rocket science. You, you can accomplish it. Sure. And I was going to, of course, ask you the uh, the ROI question, but then you started to go into, you really started to uh to give me some good examples that were more than just, okay, how can I measure? I got an article put up here, and here's how much revenue that, that probably drove us. And it can be a little bit difficult to mention, but it's way easier online to measure those types of things than it is in print. But I wanted to go back to what you were saying about all of a sudden, you know, if you lost everything except for your name, well, you would be able to... Uh, go out and probably raise money for another startup or go out and have the connections to make your next project work. And that's part of that budget that you put out there. Like you said, okay, you allocate $5,000 a month to be able to get your own name and your company's name out there. Um, Could you talk a little bit more about why people should be thinking long-term on ROI for a lot of this and what the real, you know, because what the real ROI is instead of just the, hey, okay, just the uh, the month-to-month type of ROI. Could you talk about the big picture a little bit more? Sure, yeah. The um, I mean, really, you can get short-term, uh, R- short-term ROI uh, with doing some of these things for sure. Um, but you just have to leverage the content and get get in the right places early. But uh, I mean, at the same time, it's kind of hard to do that. The main thing that um, you you can be doing in the short term is is by using the content as an asset 
across your company, and you can get the ROI. Um, however, most of, I would say, at least for me and a lot of the times when I'm looking at clients, is that the, the most valuable th- um, thing is an investment long-term um, success for the company because I mean for us like even like let's say we if I'm being really honest on like our investment um, in our own kind of services is that the first year we had benefits um, where it's like we used it in our sales cycle which we knew it helped with some conversions um, so we knew there was ROI there uh, we also knew that it, it was attracting helping us attract talent um, and so we knew that was helping too, cause people would mention that. So some was quantitative that we could measure, uh, some was qualitative and it's important to break out those qualitative and quantitative metrics because, um, just because something's qualitative doesn't mean that it's not valuable. It's just, it's harder to measure. However, it is really good when you can have actually quantitative, uh, uh numbers. And so for me, over the years, when you look at that first year, a lot of them were qualitative. You were seeing people talk about, you know, hey, I saw this 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 article. We saw some um, of our partners sending out those articles and saying, hey, this is the company I was telling you about. You should read this stuff. Um, or, uh, hey, they were just talked about in the press. Here, you know, here is uh, um, the company I think you should deal with. And so we would note that um, down. But in the long term, the big benefit is that we have a, a very consistent pipeline of people coming to us through those opportunities and through it's more inbound. And so that's extremely like we're not paying a ton um, for a lot of those leads because it's, kind of, it's work we've done in the past. They're coming in. Um, and it's also um, it's also really uh, setting our brand up as that industry leader which is creating more opportunities that are coming not just in like, it's almost like the other day we got, uh, we didn't even expect it. Like I'm surprised by these things happen. Somebody reached out to me and said, hey, we want you to be a partner for this event. And I said, and it's an event where a lot of our clients would, potential clients would be there. And I was like, okay, well, what's the deal? And they go, well, we just want you involved because we know you have a lot of influence with the people we're trying to reach. So like, we'll actually pay for you to come out here and we're going to set you up as a partner here. You'll get free advertising here. You'll speak, you know, this. And I'm like, okay. And you're like, at this time, you're like, what's the catch here? But they're really, at this point, there hasn't been as much catch because people want us as we've, over time, this was not the first year of our company, but they're wanting us to be involved in things that they're involved with because of our brand, because of how we're looked at in the industry. And that's something that's very, very, very valuable. And um, and so in the long term, you know, I, the the value of that um, is astronomical, and the investment has really paid off. But once again, we're talking. I mean, I'm talking in year five now, but I would say that a lot of those benefits started happening year one. Uh, you know, 12 months, 16 months, 20 months. No, that's that's cool to hear. And uh, I, while you were explaining that, I started to think of my own. Example of my own story when we were running under 30ceo.com, you know, we were two guys in our early to mid 20s and we were putting out content, putting out content. And as the content, as you know, John, the content game is is very difficult until you start, uh, you know, if you're trying to make money from online content, creating a media site, you have to have a lot of eyeballs. And, um, you know, so as we began to grow that site and we ended up growing it to about a half a million uh, unique monthly visitors, you know, at that point, we we were just meeting so many people and uh, 
making these connections just that were were invaluable i mean that's how that's how we came to meet and then once we transitioned into another business and not to say that uh our venture with under 30 ceo didn't work out but we knew that there was that, that there were bigger opportunities out there for us but it was an amazing platform that we were able to leverage and it you know it made two young guys uh, a, a living for sure. But as we transitioned to that, people who we knew from then were our first clients on our trips with under 30 experiences. And uh, now people who we, you know, maybe they were past interviews on under 30 CEO and things like that. They've turned into clients who became uh you know, ended up building their own communities or their own companies. And they're saying, oh, yeah, let's do a retreat with you guys. You guys run it. And now we're doing all these custom experiences for people. And that was just because we put ourselves out there. We were publishing good content. We made ourselves accessible to the public. And we invested a lot of time and a lot of money into making a name for ourselves. But now way down the line, it, you know, it it's still – the the benefits still keep coming uh, because because we just did the right thing. And at the end of the day, we cared about the people that we talked to. And that's why you got on. You know, we hadn't talked. I guess we talked two days ago to prep for the podcast, <laughs> but we haven't spoken in a while. And, and you came on and you said, all I want to talk about is how I love you. And I'm like, <laughs> OK, cool. I mean, we're not the best of friends, but we have a mutual <laughs> admiration for each other. And we've we've worked together. And and that's it's just part of. It's just the, it's the human part of of what content is, and I, I think you talked about that somewhere. Um, if I maybe that was on the back of your book, but you you talked about um, looking to to humanize your company or your brand and build influence, but doing it in the right way, which is what I like about you guys. Well, yeah, and you're, I mean, that that example is perfect, is that, and that's where if, if anybody reads the book, to, or I mean, my book, Top of Mind, you'll get this, is that uh, I, I pointed out at the beginning is that you were one of the first publications we dealt with, um, you know, as a startup, and not only did I, did we, you know, publish and have a relationship and then also help you, I also learned from, you know, some of the content as, some of the content that was on the site were some of the same challenges that we were going through as a uh, as a business, you know, and so there's a lot of trust formed through those experiences. So even though we haven't even talked in a couple of years, still, you know, admire and, and respect you. And you're in my long term memory as, you know, a, a good resource and, and a person that's been helpful in my past. And so that's where when you look at the, you know, when you read Top of Mind or you check it out or the Cliff Notes version, whatever, um, it, that's what I was trying to cover in the book is that, you know, anytime you can do things, whether it be content related, like we're, you know, talking about now or, um, through helping others or en engaging others in some way, um, listening to them, um, you know, connect er, doing things to, um, to change a relationship. And that's where, when you look at the first five chapters of the book, it, it's about relationship and trust building, because if you can do that, you can get on a podcast with someone two, three years later and, and the guy's going to say, Hey man, how are you doing? Like, I really am looking forward to this because, uh, you know, it wasn't like I was like, who is Matt Wilson? I, I don't really remember him. It was like, you know, the guy sticks out in my mind as somebody who, you know, engaged me not only, um, you know, as a person, but then also through the content you guys were doing. And so that's why, you know, that's how this conversation started rather than I just did two other podcasts 
um, people I kind of knew in the past. And I was like, okay, so what are we going over again? And like, it's just different. And that example that you just gave is a perfect reason why um, of a difference of some uh, how you can create trust and also use content to stand out to someone so that when there is an opportunity in the future, they think of you. Absolutely. And and that's how this came out uh, for you. Just to completely highlight this relationship building part is, I mean, look, you came out with a book and then you said, okay, well, I'm going to go through my list of contacts and I'm going to reach out to people who I haven't reached out to in a while and let them know what's new with me that I just published a book. And as soon as you emailed me, I think I emailed you right back and said, hey, I bought it. I wrote a review. Uh, I ch- I've checked it out. I'm, hey, do you want to come on the podcast? We can catch up. We can talk about it. And that's because we formed a, a good relationship. And that, that started with content, believe it or not, at the, uh, at the end of the day. So, yeah, no, that, that, that's what it's all about, John. So I appreciate you and uh, you know, being able to, to yes, have your, ha- have your book come out. And, and hopefully we can get some people to, to check it out. And it's, it's always good to catch up to, with you. I wanted to talk a little bit more uh, about tools and tactics. Uh, and I know we talked about big picture strategy and the things that people really, the right way to go about this. But I wanted to pick your brain a little bit on, on what you're seeing as far as trends and opportunities. And we talked a little bit about, well, okay, I can say that personally, uh, I was in on the uh, blog game pretty early, and it was pretty darn easy to write co- blog content that would go viral. Not pretty darn easy, but we we figured it out. We cracked the algorithm. We figured out how to write for SEO before there was a lot of big competition. We uh, did Twitter really, really well in the early days, 2008 through 2010, you know, before – but before a BuzzFeed was out, we were able to, to come up with those you know, top 25 lists that everyone went crazy for and could drive uh, 10, 20, 50, 100,000 people to your website in a day. We figured that out early. Uh, mm-hmm. Now you saw people really capitalize who've cashed in kind of on the, the Instagram and the Snapchat game. You mentioned uh, LinkedIn influencers. Those are just a select number of people. But you know, I, I know I have a lot of friends who are trying to go all in on, on YouTube right now. Um, I have a, a few friends who are saying that medium.com is really the place uh, if you want your content to get discovered, that you can build an audience really quickly. Uh, I have other friends who are having a lot of success on LinkedIn just publishing content. Um, I, I'm curious what you see as, as, uh, as the trends out there where, where you might recommend people looking into. I mean, really, there's opportunities on all of the ones you mentioned. I wouldn't say there's like a like a like for example, for a B two B person on Snapchat, that doesn't make a ton of sense. For B two C on LinkedIn, uh, I don't know how much sense that always makes. Uh, for you know, I mean, like, so it really does depend on your audience, and also like like I would I would label it by this: Can you different or does this platform have an audience that you want to reach like it's and they're engaged in the right way for example um facebook we do get good results however they're thinking personal on facebook and not much business um so we have more successful success on linkedin or or you know or the media sites that we go to um and so it's really like have your mind in the places that 
where's my audience um, mostly in the and where are they in the right mindset when I want to reach them? And, um, you know, that's it's, you know, starts with that. Now, with a lot of, you know, professional companies, B2B like and uh, even B2C, like there's a lot of like sites, online sites that make sense. Um, you know, you mentioned like the fast companies and the, and the Forbes and the entrepreneur, uh, mags out there. Those are people with already built up audiences where some of these things are, are new. And like, especially like some of the ones you talked about were social channels. I mean, I don't say like, um, I mean, I, I look at it as that, you know, be integrated, you know, like you can have a LinkedIn strategy at the same time. You're, I mean, like for me, PR and, and press and, media outlets and thought leaders, a lot of it's a tool. It's a tool to build an audience and you can use them all together. So for example, you can like in Dave's example, Dave still contributed to other sites, but he also just focused, you know, on, cause he found out that his LinkedIn audience was very strong. And so uh, I would say is like, where are they? How can you differentiate yourself? Um, you know, can you can you put yourself in a situation where they're like, oh wow, like he or he or she has something unique to offer on this channel, so I want to pay attention. You know, it sounds like some of your buddies on YouTube have done that. There's a lot of people who have found this like unique niche, and you obviously on YouTube, you know, there's a lot of um, people there. If I started a YouTube channel. Um, there's really not a lot of people in my area, like CEOs going to YouTube or entrepreneurs going to YouTube to say, Hey, you know what? I need to go here to look at, you know, how my brand's being built. Um, and then how my company is, is positioned as an authority in the industry. They're just not doing it. It doesn't mean that I can try it out, but it's just harder to really say, Hey, I want to bring an audience here or, or be to be like basically form a channel here out of that typically is is not so like for me that doesn't make as much sense um but there's people who have proven that wrong like Rand fishkin is an example of someone who did whiteboard i think it's whiteboard fridays um or where he got a video in front of whiteboard i believe that was on it was either on Moz or youtube or something like that and it got a lot of engagement because it was something people had not seen just some guy driving on drawing on a whiteboard you know, every week to talk about the new things that they need to learn. So, I mean, like you can think outside the box, but then also just think about what what channels where are these people, you know, consuming content and then how can I differentiate myself to engage them that they want to follow and engage with me? No, that's I think that's really solid advice, John. Um, I wanted to ask you just a little bit more about yourself. I feel like every time we speak, we're we're all business and uh and of course, it's not. We don't necessarily have to dive into your personal life, but what do you do personally? I, I'm curious um, to be be so per, productive and and dynamic. I, I'm curious a little bit more about what your uh, yeah, what your life is like. But but in general, you know, other than what just what you do with uh, with influence and co. But speaking more about uh, maybe personal development techniques or uh, routines or strategies and, and stuff like that. I'm curious how you operate. I'm trying to get get really into your uh, into your mind there, John. I've never asked you any questions like this. I don't think. I mean, for personal development, I'm just really big on surrounding yourself with really, really good people. And if they're not the people that you think are the absolute best to have around you, then get rid of them. Um, it's like a bad stock or a bad company. Um, you know, you just don't. Um, 
the, the I've seen myself as a leader or entrepreneur around bad people or and and I've seen myself around better the people I am now and not only am I happier but uh, your challenge you life is just so much better and I think I've seen more success that way and so um, people can talk about using gurus and using and going to different places, which I think are their great ways. Like I actually am a huge fan of going and kind of like I, I love what you guys do, obviously, or I want to be on this. But like, uh, you know, stepping away from the uh, stepping away from the company. Uh, actually, Kelsey, my co-founder and I are doing that to, um, Friday. We're just going on a fun day to hang out with each other and uh, remind each other why we want to work hard and and help grow this company and and think about the things that we might not be thinking about. And so, but she's one of those people that I'm glad I you know have around me and you know in my life and um, you know other people that uh, in my past or that you know come around me that aren't up to that caliber of person that truly wants to help make me better. Uh, I I just don't have time for it and I want to help make them better as well. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, Howard, could you tell everybody about your, uh, a little bit more what's going on in your little hub of Columbia, Missouri, because it's a, yeah, I I've been, I've seen it in action and it's kind of, it's hard to, hard to describe or, or maybe it's not hard to describe, but it, uh, <laughs> it, it's, well, I, I was surprised coming from a big city like New York. Could, could you tell everybody a little bit more about your community? Well, yeah, it's just all it's that's so it's exactly that it's a community. Um, we look out for each other. It's a, um, you know, there's a lot of success here that people don't know. I mean, the Walton uh, family is here. Where you know, it's the Walmart, you know, money. We've, uh, we've got the lawyers, the Rockies, who, um, you know, Stan owns the Rams and Arsenal, and then we've got uh, Veterans United, uh, which is one, the largest mortgage provider for veterans here. Um, have shelter insurance. A lot of like. Uh, really cool companies that have come out of here. I mean, Zapier came from our uh, startup weekend that we hosted as a company four or five years ago and uh, equipment share. And so we have a lot of like cool companies. And what's nice is that there's a lot of support. Um, you know, when I'm in New York and LA, like I love those places they are cool to visit, but they also have a ton of stuff going on. It's hard to really get behind certain things because there's just so many things to support. And so what's kind of cool here is that, um, you know, it is a, com- a community that, um, uh, supports the other entrepreneurs and companies. In addition to, we have one of the best journalism schools in the country here, so that helps because for entry level talent and um, that side of things, you know, we we are able to really get some top tier talent that a lot of the huge firms up in New York and LA fight for um, here. And then, um, you know, beyond that, we we have offices in St. Louis and Kansas City, which aren't too far away from here, that we can get good agency talent because there's a lot of pretty big agencies ranging from Barkley to um, to the Fleischman Hilliard and things like that. And so it's as crazy it is, as it is, it's like people like I remember starting the company. I was like, man, this this is going to suck trying to build this thing, being a media kind of like powerhouse or, uh, you know, really a big media player from the middle of the country in a, in a 150,000 person town. But it actually which it, it wasn't easy at the beginning. It was hard. People were like, you're from where? But what was nice about it is like now it's actually a benefit. We've gotten to the, the size of a company where people are like, wow, you're doing that from the Missouri? And we're getting like awards and different attention because it's like, I mean, we got most promising company. We just got um, top content marketing company of the year award this year as a final. Well, we're finalists, just found out this morning. And then, um, you know, I think that's something that differentiates us as a company. And so 
you know, for those who are, you know, thinking that they have to be in a big city, I don't necessarily think you you do. I think it, certainly it does help because there's a lot of different things going on um, because a lot of things happen in cities like New York and L.A. But um, I think Columbia has helped us given us the right tools to succeed and actually differentiate ourselves, which, um, and also it's like, we're, we're very different. Um, given that we really care about working with companies who want to educate specific audiences, they care about their audiences. Like that's a Midwest uh, is very big on Midwest values and <clears throat> treating your neighbors well and, and doing different things where, uh, you know, I'm not saying that in other places there aren't, there's great people all over the world, but, um, it's been great to kind of start a company um, here with kind of a lot with the down to earth people that uh, don't move as fast. And as a big city, you actually get to really enjoy and they do care about people. And I think we've just been given the right arsenal to, to take on this kind of challenge in our industry. And it's gone over well. No, that that's great. It was something that I really wanted to highlight because I had such a nice time. Uh, when I came out to Columbia, I know you guys were all great hosts, but to see you guys have a you know amazing co-working space, and uh, it's a university town, and it, there's a lot of cool things happening. And yeah, I, I sat on uh, the Startup Weekend uh, panel as a judge, and one of the founders of, of Zapier was was there on the panel as well. And I think uh, just a few short years before that, they had started their company. I think they won Startup Weekend uh, where you guys yep. were, and um, yeah, so I th- I thought it was a uh, just, just I always like to highlight that you don't have to be. Well, hell, I'm I'm talking to you from Costa Rica. I mean, that's a totally different uh, type of business that we're talking about here. It, it makes sense for me to be down here. Sometimes it makes sense. Other times it's just an excuse. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's great, John. Is is there anything else that you wanted to to talk about in in regards of of your book uh, before I kind of ask our our last uh, last question, and we wrap things up. Um, I mean, I mean, really, for me, um, I would say, like, for anybody who's going to be reading the book or checking it out, I mean, any type of feedback is always helpful. Like, check it out, and I always value um, that. And and let me know how I can be helpful to you, to you. I mean, like, ultimately, obviously, things are busy around this time. But um, in the book, I have an email in there that um, anybody who has any questions, I'll actually, you know, it's, it's something I respond to, or sometimes it could be somebody in my staff, but uh, most of the time it's honestly me trying to uh, really engage the people who are reading the book. So, you know, check it out. Let me know if I can be helpful. And, uh, you know, I, I, you'll be able to tell that I definitely try and back up what I write in there about, you know, helping the people around you and building real relationships. So if there's something that comes up, let me know. And, and Matt, as you as well, man, let me know uh, how I can keep an eye out for you. Yeah, of course, absolutely. Do you want to you want to drop one last piece of sage advice for for everybody and it can be related to absolutely anything. You don't have to talk about content. Uh, of course, I love what you said earlier about surrounding yourself with the right people. That's something we talk about a lot. But uh, yeah, do you have any advice for for anybody I mean, just, out there? It, yeah, just looking to to do better overall. Well, we were like, yeah, I mean, I would say like we've talked about investing in, in yourself from a standpoint of like the projection of your brand and how you're getting content out there. But also, um, I would say don't like your your brand and investing in yourself and the credibility is not just about what people um, look at you as. It's, it's what you really are. There's a lot of people out there that are great at the projection of brand and, and like pe- what they see. People are like, oh, wow, they're really legit. But they're really not. 
Um, and to do that, like you have to make yourself better. You have to educate yourself. So it's like, you know, go, even though I don't love, I read all day at work. Um, you know, I still read outside of work to make myself better having conversations to make yourself more intelligent, understand trends. Um, don't just feel like you, there's a hack to everything there. There typically is a hack to everything, but at the same time is that, you can do a lot more by understanding, you know, those hacks, understanding, you know, how to um, do it that way, but also truly knowing your stuff. And so um, I would just uh, say, you know, don't uh, fake that. Invest in yourself, um, you know, to make yourself better. Uh, you know, the experiences that you guys do for the the under 30 um, CEO experiences, those experiences make people better because they go on events with people they care about and that are good people around them. And you and and doing investing in things to actually walk away from events or some sort of a challenge of some sort. Um, really challenge yourself because over time, people see through that shit too. Um, they'll, they'll like I used to talk about things that I really didn't know what the hell I was talking about, and sooner or later, somebody smart is going to be like, "You don't know what you're talking about." And so really challenge yourself to be the best version of yourself and not just um, you know, be great at branding. Understand that part of it is also self-fulfillment of adding value and being able to know what you're talking about and have a good craft. Excellent, 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 excellent. Uh, that is wise advice from John Hall, author of Top of Mind and CEO of Influence & Co. Uh, John... Anywhere else people can find you online? Um, I mean, for me, I mean, uh, you can look, I mean, Twitter, John Hall, um, just, you know, you can follow me there. Um, check out my company, influenceandco.com. We've got a blog that there's a lot of content there. Um, you know, if you reach out through the company or uh, probably not, Twitter's probably the best place to follow me, but not reach out. Reaching out through the company is probably the best. Typically, everything gets forwarded to me anyway. So um, let me know if something comes up um, and, uh, and I can be helpful. Yo, Live Different Podcast listeners, you know what to do. You love the episode. If you listened this far, go to iTunes. Show us some love. Please, that's all we ask, a little five-star review. Just a little review. That's all we need. Send it to a friend who needs to get their ass in gear. We're trying to do good work here, and we need your help. Hey, you know what? Special offer. Send me an email personally. I will write back, matt at under30experiences.com. I want to know your feedback, and then I want to meet you in person. Maybe our yoga retreat, maybe our fitness retreat, who knows? Check out under30experiences.com. Go do something awesome with your life.